Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Is it working? I will reread the poem once again here by Irish poet and conflict transformation legend, Padraig Otuma. Is it working? When you've been alive for only 5,829 days, the pathways are rarely clear. Here, where the roads keep changing, what makes sense one day makes none the next. And so, to avoid exhaustion and to deepen rest, ask yourself these questions. How would you describe today? And have you seen anything interesting on the way? And is it working? Is it working? Always. Is it working? Are you furiously trying to calculate how many years 5,829 days is? It sort of sounds like a lot, but without calculating for leap years, it's actually just one day short of 16 years. Padre Gotuma wrote this poem about a young man he met it years ago at a writing retreat whose 16th birthday was the next day. Many of you, like me, may have had that feeling at 16 for many reasons that our pathways were not clear or that the roads kept changing. And what made sense one day made no sense the next. But I also suspect that many of you, like me, may also have this feeling of singular disorder or disorientation now, today, at 26, 46, or however old we are. On April 27, 1994, Nelson Mandela was 76. April 27, 1994 was election day in South Africa, the day for which the struggle for apartheid had been waged, the day for which so many had been silenced, exiled, injured, detained, tortured, murdered. April 27, 1994 was the day Mandela, freed after 27 years as a political prisoner, would vote for the very first time in the very first democratic election in the land of his birth. It was a miraculous day, filled with fear and joy, anger and hope. It was a miraculous day that ended in a free and fair election that delivered to him the role of president. A miraculous day on which something brand new had been midwifed into existence. 
Everything was the same, yet nothing was the same. It was Mandela's beautiful, brave, searing question asked at his inauguration a few days later that marked the real threshold between bondage and liberation, between the violent, vicious loneliness of the old and the healing, hopeful possibilities of the new. His question, he asked, how can we liberate all people from continued bondage? Mandela understood the bondage of his white Afrikaner captors as much as he understood the bondage of his black African siblings. Mandela understood that no one is free until we're all free. And with this question, President Nelson Mandela opened the door to a new way that birthed the truth and reconciliation process in South Africa, a way of truth-telling rather than defensiveness, a way of reconciliation rather than revenge, a way of forgiveness rather than forgetting, a way of amnesty rather than amnesia. This South African history marks a grand and glorious moment in our collective liberation. It's thrilling to retell it and to remind ourselves of the beauty of Mandela's brave question. How can we liberate all people from continued bondage? But beloveds, may we never forget the decades of disorder and disorientation he lived along with millions of his compatriots who suffered alone in exile, isolation, oppression, captivity. Let us not forget that loneliness and lostness is an integral part of this story. And for us here today, it may be this familiar and recurring lonely lostness that feels overwhelming this lonely lostness where change and hopelessness and fear and isolation often seem like our only companions. We're not alone in these feelings. According to our nation's doctor, a man of extraordinary kindness and compassion, Vice Admiral Dr. Vivek Murthy, social isolation and loneliness are our nation's most serious public health issue. Murthy references a pre-pandemic survey conducted between 2018 and 2020, which revealed that 60% of Americans struggle with loneliness. And that figure climbed to 75% among younger people. The numbers are worse now. Our lonely lostness is worse now. Murthy makes it his primary mission as Surgeon General of the United States to sound this alarm. Social isolation and loneliness pose real threats to both mental and physical health. Among them, higher risks of depression, anxiety, cardiovascular illness, dementia, and sleep disturbances. Social isolation and loneliness pose real threats to our common social health. 
they are among the many symptoms underlying our epidemic of gun violence. In Murthy's words, this loneliness is both common and consequential. We are not alone in our lonely lostness. Ask yourself these questions to reconnect to yourself and others. Ask simple, fresh, window-opening questions, the poet's questions. How would you describe today? And have you seen anything interesting on the way? And is it working? Our Surgeon General's prescription is the same for everyone, to connect with conversation. Conversation that op conversations that open with life-giving questions. Questions that invite you to tell stories. Questions that are different from your well-worn anecdotes. Questions that open doors and lead to connection, building healthy relationships. A Midwestern nonprofit doing, with boots on the ground, doing good work with questions and conversation is called the Roving Listeners Corps. The Roving Listeners Corps was started in 2004 by one man, the original Roving Listener, Diamon Harjas. Harjas begins with a mindset that looks to embrace what is already present in his neighborhood, rather than working only from what it lacks, the have, not just the have not. And in an act of radical simplicity, Diamon makes house calls on isolated and lonely members of his Indianapolis neighborhood and sparks conversations with loving, curious questions, warming neighbors at a campfire of connectedness. Looking back, I can see that my own life has been sculpted by my most honest, most vulnerable questions. Questions I have asked myself, questions I have asked others, sparking a fire between us. A lifetime of questions has accompanied me, kept me in good and loyal company. Questions were a flashlight under my covers, a pool of pale yellow light that kept my path illuminated. Why is it so hard to tell the truth? Someone, anyone, will you teach me how? And so it was an unlikely moment as an undergraduate studying religion, muddling my way through a Christian canon class under the stern supervision of a very conservative Roman Catholic that I was unexpectedly introduced to Unitarian Universalism. This pompous, tweedy professor, steeped in surety, pejoratively introduced the UU tradition as the tradition with all the questions, but none of the answers. And looking back, I can see that his inadvertent reveal was a welcome breath of fresh air. If I was going to be honest, at that point in my life, answers had mostly come up short. I was curious to learn more about this faith tradition. The nudge to ask more questions soothed my yearning young self. The celebrated Bohemian Austrian poet Reiner Rilke expressed a more eloquent and affirming practice of questions 
in one of his letters to a teenage soldier who longed to be a poet. Rilke wrote to him, I would like to beg you to have patience with everything unresolved in your heart and to try to love the questions themselves as if they were locked rooms or books written in a very foreign language. Don't search for the answers which could not be given now because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Do you know the three H questions? Do you need to be heard? Do you need to be hugged? Do you need to be helped? Heard, hugged, helped. During my years in the fraught and privileged land of parenthood, tender, open questions for my children were most often the only thread of connection that could survive the anger, the pain, the loss and the disillusionment that all children feel. Sweetheart, tell me, where does it hurt? Do you need to be heard, helped, hugged? During my years as a designer working with clients, I was steeped in a creative and collaborative tea of questions. What do you wanna be when you grow up? What's your favorite color? and who will you serve? Make no mistake, beloveds, all questions are not created equal. A question can be a cudgel, and a question can be an invitation. I think we suspect that we all know the difference here, but artist and ritual designer Ezra Bookman provides this wonderful primer to help us discern healing questions from weaponized ones. Ezra writes, a question is more than a way to fill the silence. It is the recognition that every person is infinite, that even your closest loved ones are never fully knowable. Questions are the clothes of curiosity and smoke signals for empathy. A good question is our humble response to the impossible mystery of another human being. Here we are now with so much on our minds and in our hearts, hatred, weapons, violence, the health of our planet and our democracies. Let's fortify ourselves by remembering some catalytic moments in our own history where brave questions and questions alone became our connective tissue and changed the way we thought and felt about each other, spurring us to embody our better selves. I think of JFK reminding us with a question that spawned the Peace Corps, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I think of Dorothy Day visionary founder of the Catholic Workers' Movement. As an eight-year-old in the aftermath of the San Francisco earthquake and fire, as she watched people come together to help one another, she asked, what if we were to live like this all the time? I think of Sojourner Truth, 
preaching at the Ohio Women's Rights Convention in 1851 in what is now recognized as one of the most famous abolitionist and women's rights speeches in American history. Spotlighting the hypocrisy of only free white women asking for their rights. Sojourner Truth asks, ain't I a woman? Ain't I, girl, slave, worker, mother, freedom fighter, follower of Jesus? Ain't I worthy of the same love and respect as any other woman? What a beautiful legacy of questions we have. These questions are our questions. Could it be that questions are the answer to unlock our grief and let it flow, to dissolve the walls of the lonely lostness, to challenge our cruel, uneven cultural norms that need to wither and die, to loosen the grip on our anxious overwhelm? Could it be that questions are the answer to draw us deeper into a deeper sense of presence with and without the accompaniment of others, to live more honestly and vulnerably in our community and in companionship with every living thing? Simple, fresh, curious questions that throw open doors and windows, tender questions that spark connection and nurture a culture of relatedness, avoiding exhaustion, deepening rest. Questions that point the way into our best selves and the way out to a more healed world. Our communal doctor Vivek Murthy reminds us we are all better off when we're all better off. And questions, conversation, and connection lead the way. Yes, dear ones, questions open doors, make connection light dark paths, keep possibility and change alive. We are not alone in our lonely lostness. And we can work to heal the sense of dividedness, this epidemic of loneliness, this confounding, confusing complexity for ourselves, for our loved ones, and for the world. May it be so, may it be so. Amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in namaste. I bow to the divine in you. Let us keep asking good, open, honest questions of ourselves and each other. How would you describe today? Have you seen anything interesting on the way? Is it working? Always. Is it working? Travel safe, dear ones. Travel safe with a pocket full of brave, sharp, tender, unexpected, effervescent, love-filled questions. Questions that will fling open doors and windows, bathing us all in the fresh air of healing relationships and the possibility of connectedness and loving accompaniment.
Let us keep this faith and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Amen. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.